What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast of PatsFans.com. We are back on Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast, PatsFans.com. I'm Russ Coleman. Along with me, as always, is Steve Balistrieri in the Secret Square. If you're watching live on our stream here, or if you're listening to Sino, he's in the Secret Square. And the right-hand square is Derek Havens. This episode, we're going to look back at the Patriots' <clears throat> victory on Sunday. I think it's an impressive victory. We'll talk about how impressive it was against the Steelers, and later on, we're going to preview the upcoming game for the Patriots' home opener against the Ravens. Before we do anything else, have to mention, please do subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. It helps other Patriots fans find us, leave a review, give us, a, you know, say whatever you want about us, positively or negatively, we like it all. Also, please do actually watch us on the Pats Fans YouTube channel. Yes, we are now on the Past Fans YouTube channel. Check that out as well. I highly recommend that. Okay, great stuff. Let's get going, guys. Let's go to the everyone's opening thoughts on the victory. I'm going to go third here. Mr. Havens, I'll give you the floor to get us going. Your thoughts on the victory? Let it rip. Um, well, first of all, I just thought it was good for the Patriots to get off the schneid a little bit and get their first win. Um, I, I don't think... The Steelers are a, um, you know, a, a really good team, clearly limited at quarterback. Uh, but I still think they have a lot of uh, they, they have some talent comprised on both sides of the ball. They're well coached um, and the Patriots were on the road. So it always makes it tough. Um, and I think they're very similar to the Patriots where I think those teams are both tough, but they're not necessarily true contenders. Um, I, I did think the Patriots. Uh, you know, sometimes Bill will make the comment after a game, you know, they made enough plays to win. I think this game really was like that, where it just came down to a handful of plays uh, and the Patriots capitalized on it. I, I thought that Mac Jones was better this week than last week. Uh, huh. And I was really happy with how the defense has played. I think that someone like Dietrich Wise has really emerged. And I, I strongly think he's been the Patriots best player for through the first two games. And I think the Patriots fans should be encouraged with two things coming out of this game, how well the defense is playing and how the offensive line turned it around in this second game. Um, and I think that that last drive, especially uh, taking off six and a half minutes to kind of squeeze the life out of Pittsburgh. I thought that was a classic staple and a good reminder for Patriots fans that even though this team is kind of going through a lot of transformation, I thought that last drive had a, had Bill Belichick's fingerprints and DNA all over it. Okay, good stuff there. It was an impressive victory, but TJ Watt didn't play, right, Derek? <laughs> no, I mean, and obviously that that makes you know the, the Steelers front seven not as dangerous, but they still have good players. So okay, thank and you. I know, for I know where clarifying you're going, that. You know where I'm going on that, Derek. Okay, very good, Mr. Balstrieri. 
your opening thoughts on the victory. Well, um, let me just say this. Um, you know, I agree with almost every single thing that Derek said there. I actually, wow. I do. I do agree with it. Well, good. And, you know, uh, I look at this as a stepping stone. We saw, well, the defense, I thought, played well again. I thought the defense was very good in Miami. Yeah. Um, they had some very dangerous receivers, and I thought they held them in check. They were giving them that stuff underneath, but they weren't allowing them to beat them over the top. Same with the Steelers. They have a great running back, two very, very good wide receivers. And again, the defense only allowed one offensive touchdown. Um, you know, and, you know, granted, Mitch Trubisky, no, no one's confusing him with Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, any anyone like that. So, no. yeah, I mean, granted, he's very limited, but you play the games on your schedule. And, and you're playing in Pittsburgh, him. by the way. Let's and put in that Pittsburgh, which is a tough place to play. You know, the Patriots uh, have had some great battles there, but they've invariably, for the most part, came out on top of those games. But this is a, a new Steelers team. It was a new Patriots team. And I think somebody said this was the first time that they've met since 2003 that either Ben Roethlisberger or Tom Brady, you know, was on the field. That's right. So, I mean, that's, wow. you know, both both teams are, I mean, you know, trying to find their feet offensively. And the Steelers are limited, but they have really good players on offense. They do. And eventually, I think they're going to get it figured out to some degree as well as the Patriots. Um, I agree with Derek. The offensive line was so much better this week. Yeah, they had some penalties. That, and, you know, nothing's ever perfect, but you're going against a very, very good front seven, even without T.J. Watt. They're still very good. You know, that that Steelers defense has carried them the last couple of years when Roethlisberger was on the way to retirement. Um, but that offensive line, I thought, you know, and Derek mentioned that, 6.33 left to go in the game. You want to run the clock out. You want to run the football the other team knows you want to run the football, and everyone in the stadium did too. That place got rocking, and the Patriots drove the ball right down their throat. Took the soul runs. out of Pittsburgh, honestly, if you think about yeah, it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I was listening to the Pittsburgh uh, <laughs> That's right. broadcast, and, you know, they, uh, they were kind of like you would expect them to be, but at the end of the game, both the announcer and the color guy just said, hey, that last Patriots drive, was so impressive. And one of the guys who used to play for the Steelers, I'm trying to remember his name right now, but I'm at a loss. But he said, those are the kind of drives that just steal your soul. And that's exactly what they did. And, you know, um, one of the things that struck me in the fourth quarter, it was time of possession. The Steelers had the ball down three points in the fourth quarter for two minutes and 41 seconds. The Patriots had it for 12 minutes and 19 seconds. That is the best way to close out a football game because you're not giving the opponent any opportunity to, to score the, you know, the, the tying or go-ahead touchdown. So, you know, I, I thought the uh, offensive line was fantastic in this game. And I was actually, you know, um, the play calling I thought was pretty good. 
Um, I was going to ask you about that later in the show. Let's talk yeah, about okay. that. Well, let's then we'll get to that. that. I got some yeah. thoughts on that too. So. Yeah, but no, let's, yeah, let's get yeah, back to that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get back to that. But the opening thoughts on the game, I, and I wrote after the game that Mac Jones was good. He wasn't great, but he wasn't bad either. I saw a lot of comments after the game on social media saying he was terrible. Derek's I mean, rolling his eyes, but we can dial back. I'm to not that rolling story. my eyes. I just, I just think it was probably closer to bad, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Interesting stuff from the two of you. Steve, any final thoughts on your opening thoughts? And then I'm going to share mine. Go right ahead. Okay. So my thoughts are this guys and uh, Derek, I thought you did a very good job of describing how you saw the game and Steve pretty much back to you on that. I'm just going to say this. If I put this as just one game, just look at it one game. Not, don't look forward. Don't look backward. It's an impressive victory winning in Pittsburgh. I don't care who's your quarterback. I don't care who you're missing. Because, by the way, the Patriots missed, I think, a key player on defense when he went out, Kyle Duggar. So we can play that T.J. Watt is out. Kyle Duggar was out. Ty Montgomery would have helped them offensively. We can go down that road so many ways. But if you look at the players that are on the field, the Patriots outplayed the Steelers. And that's the bottom line. To me, this is impressive winning there. And as Derek said, the most impressive part is how they saw the game out. And Steve, as you said, you heard the Pittsburgh announcers basically say the Patriots took their soul, and they did. And that is something that you can build on. It's one game. But offensively, it's a work in progress. Defensively, I think it's showing us that they've only really touched the surface of what they're going to be. I I think defensively, it's only going to get better offensively has a long way to go to catch up, but defensively, I think they're on the right path. That's what I took out of it. But one of the things I want to talk about guys, before we really break down the offense and the defense is some of the talk here. So we're going to talk about the what if scenarios, Derek, I'm sure you've heard some of these what if scenarios. What if Mitch Trubisky, I don't know, makes different decisions. He was a terrible decision maker, according to some on a radio station. What if T.J. Watt plays? What if all of these other scenarios happen? And my whole thing on the what if is it's all a way of marginalizing an impressive Patriots victory because there are some that don't want them to win because it's better for them. It was impressive in a one game, just looking at one game. We can project to the next game if, if we'd like to, but I'm not. I'm just looking at it. As a one game to win in Pittsburgh is impressive, Derek. That's where I'm going on that. Before we talk about the offense, any thoughts on what I shared? Nope. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I mean, no, it's come- fine. There's, we've had this conversation so many times, Russ. We've been doing this for 11 okay. years, and I've heard this okay. rant at least three times a season. So, I, okay. I mean, the only thing I'll say is that putting Kyle Duggar and TJ Watt in the same sentence is so disrespectful to TJ Watt. I can't even, I, you I can't, you going. can't, you can't even, don't, don't do that. Like, I, I understand no, no, what your no, point no, is. No, my point not- is, my point is, a key. I'm not talking about the level. I'm talking about losing a player that means something to your team. Of course, but TJ Watt's a defensive player of the year candidate. Kyle Duggar is a pretty good player. Like, they're not, they're not in the same arena so but it affected I, it the game changed, it totally affects how the patriots could game plan for the steelers that's all i'm saying so don't, <clears> let's not make it more than it is i, I agree with right and the steelers took advantage of the patriots when kyle duggar went out sure i mean the patriots i, I thought jabril peppers came in and did a pretty good job though so yeah. i mean i don't know how much they lost with kyle duggar not being on the field 
Because well, I think they, they targeted think Adrian well. Phillips on that touchdown to Fryman. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I I mean, I I'm not saying it didn't affect it. I'm just saying they're not the same thing. One is a- I I never said that they were the same player. I'm just saying we can play the what if game, and I could talk about how sure. Ty Montgomery not playing. And I think you even mentioned that Derek on a different show of what his effect might have been in the passing game for the Patriots. So well, I'm just. I don't remember saying that. Maybe I did. I, uh, but, I, but, I, but I'll tell you this. I, I will say that, you know, the, the what if marginalizing thing is, I mean, it's just people killing hours of time on the radio. So okay. I, don't, I don't get too worked up on that. Okay. Fair enough. Guys, let's break down the offense and the defense. Let's start with the offense. Steve, I'll go to you first. Glad that we started by talking about the play of the offensive line. Before we talk about Mac Jones, cause I, I want to, really spend some time on that. Let's talk about how the offensive line stepped up and your thoughts about it. And then we're going to talk about the play calling and Mac Jones. But let's start with the offensive line. Then I'll go to Derek. Okay. Yeah. The, uh, as I mentioned before, I thought the offensive line had a much, much better game than they did in Miami. You know, um, Mac Jones wasn't sacked once. He was only hit three times. Um, you know, they had some penalty issues and, you know, they uh, they still have some more work to go. But, you know, when you're looking at the overall play of the line, especially in the running game and, you know, the way they were able to open holes. And that is, like I said at, at the outset, that's a tough defense. It is. And, um, you know, they're they're very good. And, and who's a defensive coach there, Steve? I, I was worried about the Brian Flores factor. So was I. Me, me too. I. I thought he was going to dial up a bunch of pressure. Didn't happen. To, to where they confuse the um, offensive line. I saw guys picking up, you know, blitzes. I saw guys picking up the stunts. I thought Cole Strange had a, a really strong game against one of the better, you know, defensive linemen in the league at Cameron Hayward. Um, you know, he's been a stalwart for that team for a long time. I thought Cole Strange, second game in the NFL, he acquitted himself really well in this game. I thought, you know, some of the other blocking that I saw on different videos, little Jordan Humphrey yeah. did a great block on uh, one of Damian Harris's last runs in the fourth quarter where he sealed off a linebacker, gave him a crack, you know, to to work down the middle between the tackles. And, you know, all, overall, it was so much better to see that. And I thought it was a great effort. And again, it's just a stepping stone. If they can keep improving, they're going to be okay. Okay. Derek, over to you. I'm going to go to you a little bit differently with the offensive line. A couple things here. And uh, I again, um, maybe you did say the other thing that I mentioned. I, I, I thought you said about time. I'm just going to clarify. I thought you said that. Maybe you did. And I, I don't know. But getting back to the offensive line, I want to talk about two things. Uh you guys were talking about on the other show, I believe we talked about Cole Strange and the yep. videos that we all saw on this. This is impressive. So let's talk a little bit about that. But I also want to get your thoughts on the change with Billy Yates being on the sideline. How Thank much you. Of, yes. How much of a factor do you think that was, Derek? It was a big factor because you can't do offensive coordinator and offensive line coach at the same time. So I'm glad they made the adjustments. I thought Greg Bedard did a, did a good job pointing pointing this out pulling Billy Yates down from the booth to actually be on the field and, you know, give these guys some direction. Now I'm not sure if it's, I'm not sure if it's one of those things where it, they made all the, uh, you know, made all the difference on game day. I think throughout the week, 
Bill and the rest of them and, you know, all the everybody, all the coaches there, I think they came together and realized, okay, we're not playing well up front. We need to figure out. I thought there was a big, big difference in how the offensive line played from week one to week two. And the problem with – I've said this for a couple of weeks now. The problems with the offense are starting up front with that line. And it, it goes right to Mac because he's not trusting anything that's happening around him. He's not trusting the play calling, the how he's being coached, the offensive line. And it's so obvious in his play because – you know, we can talk about Max in a second, but yeah. he has not progressed the way you want him to progress. He had his decision making looks rattled a little bit. I would and agree with it that. starts because yeah. his the offensive line has not been, you know, playing well going back into the summer. I thought this game was a little bit different. Even without TJ Watt, I still felt like, you know, the Steelers could threaten the Patriots with yeah. their front seven. And I thought the offensive line pretty much neutralized them. And I give the coaching staff a lot of credit for making these adjustments. And I thought that it was interesting to see Bill working with Mac a lot this he game. He was right in and, there. Yep. And I think it goes back to it kind of it's funny because we used to say this all the time. Bill would so often turn his back when the Patriots were on the field because he trusted Tom and or Josh so much, especially Josh the last few years. You know, let's keep it recent. There were so many times where he wasn't even worried about what's going on in the field on offense because he's like, Josh got this. I felt like it was a little same same way kind of in this game with Gerard and Steve where he was, I was like, right, they got this. You think I trust there's them. that trust now? Yeah, I, I trust them. I need to work with the, the young quarterback and the young coaches well, inexperienced coaches uh, on the offensive side of the ball huh. and Judge and Patricia and Yates and some of these other guys. And so I thought it was interesting to see him spend a lot of time with Mac kind of going through things because I think he realizes that, you know, it's a lot, there's a lot of kind of moving pieces here. And I thought it was interesting to see just that it kind of, you know, shift in, in him, just how we've watched him the last few years. I found it interesting, but I, I think the coaching staff and, and the players deserve a lot of a lot of praise for how the offensive line played because it's incredibly important that they find some consistency up front. If they do that, I really think the offense will get better in the next three, four weeks. I just think it's going to take a little while. Okay, Derek, right back to you. Before we talk about Mac, I want to talk about the play calling here, and I want to get thoughts from both of you on this. This is just my opinion. It seemed better. I'm not saying it's great. It just seemed better. Derek, would you agree with me on that? I mean, again, it was not good in game one, so maybe anything is better. We could go with levels of better, but it did seem better. To me, see, here's the thing with me. I always feel like play calling is more overblown than anything because it really comes okay. down to execution. But uh, something that I feel like is weird, and I know that's been talked about on a lot of different shows, but it's there seems like there was a lot of people in the same spot, like a lot of times on the field. And I don't really understand it because that's not really how it's typically designed. And it, to me, it's not the, the play calling to me hasn't really been an issue. There's been a lot of execution issues. And I really think that the, the how they're designing the plays and how, you know, the, kind of that whole thing is to me, the real question. And that's where yeah. I think, you know, Max been hurt and the offense has been hurt. I'm just not sure. And I'm not, good enough with the X's and O's to tell you, no. um, you know what, but it just, there just doesn't seem like a lot of creativity with this offense. And it just, I, I, I know that the Patriots don't have like star studded receivers or star studded tight ends or a star studded quarterback, but they, they don't have bad players. And it just looks so vanilla. And I'm not sure if it's just because the, the offensive line was having issues. It's because everybody's so frustrated. I don't know if it's just like, they're just, 
you know, there's not a confidence. I don't know what the answer is right now, but there's just not that. It just doesn't look like a smooth operation, Russ. Well, let me ask you this, Derek. We've watched this even with Brady. Do you think it's, and it's probably even more defined now because you have a new quarterback and potentially running a new style of offense. Do you think this is basically you are in a very low stage of building a house, meaning that you're, you're at the build, you're at the starting point and they are going to be slowly building it. Maybe that's what this is because you can't go to building the roof until you build the floor. So maybe that's what this is. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think we, when we talked about this before the season started, I said, I'm not going to worry about the offense too much until we get into like week four, week six, like, let's see a couple of games here and I want to see them build. And if I see them continue to build over the next few games, then I'll feel better about it. Problem is your competition levels ramping up. So that's a little concerning too, but um, you know, I, at the same time, I don't think you've played just total slouches either. Um, I, I know, I know Mitch Trubisky is, is, you know, not a great player, but I don't think the Steelers' defense is terrible. So it's no. like, I and I don't think Miami's defense is terrible. So I just think that you have right now. You're looking at, um, you're looking at a combination of a new offensive coordinator, a young quarterback learning a new, a, a semi-new system um, in his second year, an offensive line that's gone through some transition, and I think the combination of the Patriots problems with the receiver separating and max lack of velocity is sometimes a compounded issue. Um, So I think you saw that a little bit throughout the Steelers game. And, you know, people keep saying like, Oh, oh, well is the, you know, what, what, you know, max throwing into a lot of tight windows. Well, he kind of has to throw into tight windows because the receivers aren't pulling away. And there were a lot of times in that Steelers game where I thought that Mac kind of left a little bit off the ball. Right. And I'm glad that Claire, Shared this comment. I'm a big fan of vanilla, by the way. Okay. Well. So I just thought I'd mention that. So the hold up, vanilla ain't that bad. Two scoops of vanilla ice cream That's rolls. Right. I'm with you, Claire. I'm vanilla ice cream is not bad, but vanilla offense isn't great. So okay. yeah. Okay. Vanilla is my favorite ice cream. There you oh, go, right. Steve. Over to you. Your thoughts on the play calling? Then we'll focus on Mac. Yeah, I thought the uh, the play calling was was better. Um, there was a couple of times there where I thought they. You know, again, I, I mentioned creativity a, a week ago. I thought they could still get more creative. But the thing, uh, you know, at the same time, uh, you know, the offensive coordinator and, you know, uh, he's learning to, you know, get into the flow of the game and making adjustments on the fly on the offensive side. Right. So I'm not too concerned with that. And again, the big thing with the play calling is execution. And I think Derek made a good point where sometimes it seemed like people were too close to each other on one side of the field. And that that's an execution issue, not a play calling issue, because somebody is obviously in the wrong spot. Right. Um, we saw that early in the game. Devontae Parker, you know, um, got confused. It ended up caused, uh, causing them a delay of the game penalty which really hurt that drive. I think right. it was the very first drive. So, you know, uh, but overall the play calling and, and like Derek said, it's, it's more execution than anything, but I think, you know, Patricia has, has to get into that, you know, middle of the game mode where it's okay. You know, because early in the game in this one and, in uh, the Miami game, and then, you know, uh, the Miami game at, at the beginning of the third quarter, 
where they kind of had things scripted, it it seemed like those were really good drives. Now, granted, the the first one in Miami and you know this one on Sunday, you know, ended up in an interception and a field goal. But it, it seemed like when they had the play scripted, the guys knew what they were going to run, and they executed really well. So I I think that's it's just growing pains and. Like you guys said, when you're building a house, you start at the footing. That's right. And you build a foundation. I think they're at the foundation um, stage right now. And, you know, they still have a long, long way to go. But I I just think that, you know, they're trying to find their feet. I like the fact that they went back to that, you know, the traditional Patriots power runs. And, yeah, it worked and great. The, and But, you know, at the same time, they they mixed in some of those wide zone runs at the end of the game. And for the first time, they worked. They worked, right. <laughs> and and that's a positive thing. Okay, guys, let's move on. Let's talk about Mac Jones. I'm just going to share a couple of thoughts with me. Derek, I'll go to you first when I look at him because uh, I mentioned this maybe three or four shows before that I was just concerned about his progression, concerned if he was going to be the quarterback that I hope he is. And you and I have said on several occasions, the Patriots will only go as far as he goes. 100%. Okay, so we're you and I are lockstep on this. Here is my concern when I look at him. And we have now seen many examples of this. This isn't one or two. When you keep him in the pocket and he's on script, Derek, he can make all the throws. When he even moves within the pocket or outside of the pocket and you're asking him to do something that I hate to use this example to compare to Tom Brady. Tom Brady could get off script and make the throw. When he has been in this position, we saw it in this game, he is making bad decisions, very bad decisions. So this this is my number one concern when it comes to him. I want to see progression. I see some good things, but he needs to improve when things break down there. Yeah, I mean, he, he flat out has not been good this year. I mean, it, I mean, it, I don't know where you want to grade it, but it's not a it's not a passing grade. And it and I Part part of me doesn't blame him for it a hundred percent, and I'm giving him the forgiveness. And we talked about this going back to the summer. It's like I don't, I just feel like he feels very uncomfortable with what's been going on with 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 the coaching, with the offense. It just looks like sometimes he's throwing his arms up, he's spiking the ball into the ground, he's looking over at the sidelines. Like I, I know that this is a you know a cute talk radio topic, you know, locally in Boston, but. I mean, there is some truth to it. He just, it just body language just hasn't been, just hasn't looked good. And last year, I think he's looked a lot like the end of last year, where I thought kind of after the, he got his feet wet in the middle of the, in the middle of last year, he looked really comfortable. He was kind of, he was throwing the ball on his back, you know, not off his back foot, but he was kind yep. of stepping into his throws and he felt really confident and he was kind of directing things and moving things around and, we just haven't really seen that. We I haven't mean, seen the confidence, Derek. I, not, I think not I don't understand where you're going. No confidence, and he's been uncomfortable. And until they can – he needs to kind of buy in. And I don't know if that's – I don't know if – like it goes back to what we said about the offensive line. If the offensive line continues to play like they played on Sunday, I think in a couple of weeks you'll see him be like, okay, like these guys got me up front. I don't have to scramble on every play. Because like to your point, Russ – when he's off schedule, he's not at the level yet where he can kind of figure things out. And that's what yeah. the great court, that's the difference between a good and a great quarterback. Uh, yeah. And I'm definitely concerned about him, though. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I'm worried. I've been worried about this for months. And 
It hasn't made me feel better overly so far. I am holding out hope. Like I, like I said, and like we've said that it will build over the next couple of weeks and we'll feel better about it by the middle of the season. So I'm not panicking on it, yeah. but it, it's not, it's not a good situation to have your second year quarterback in this plot. That's all. Okay. Steve, over to you. The only thing I will say, and I agree with a lot that Derek said, which is really not common that Derek and I agree. <laughs> but the one thing that I will say on this, that to Mac Jones's comparison, Tom Brady struggled in his second year. People forget that he did. And it took him a while to get to where he needed to be. Did he lead the lead I, in touchdown passes in 2002? 28. Did he really in 2002? Yeah. But but yeah. again, I, I thought that that was an adjustment period for him. It was Actually, an adjustment. I, I was going to pull a page out of the Russ Goldman playbook when okay. talking about oh, Matt wow. Jones. Okay. All right. And what's – Derek, I'll ask you, what's Russ's favorite Patriot team? Uh, it's one of the one of the worst ones in the dynasty area, 2003. <laughs> there you go. I'm going to take a page out of 2003 because the offense wow. was going through transition. Yep. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not comparing – Mac Jones in any way to Tom Brady. Yeah, let's not do the TJ Watt thing, Steve. <laughs> no, I'm not comparing those two players, okay? I'm not. Right, I But know. the Patriots' offense was going through a transition in 2003. Right. And the first yes. four games of the season, the Patriots were 2-2. Two and two, Yeah. And the offense in four games only scored 71 points. And then they started to get it figured out. Right. And then they – they won 15 games in a row and won the Super Bowl. They didn't lose again until Halloween 2004. I like where so, you're going here, Steve. But, <laughs> you know, they they were building an offense. They struggled early in the yeah. season. Now, granted, those that team had uh, Tom Brady. But I think, you know, you can kind of point to the same kind of scenario because – yeah. This is what's going on right now, and it's affected Mac Jones's confidence because he's only in his second season. Right, and I think once they're starting to get the offensive line figured out, and like Derek said, once that happens, he's going to feel more comfortable, and he'll be able to do the things that he likes to do. Right, without having to look over his shoulder, worrying about getting hit on every play. So I think that's really important. The other thing I think they need to do and I mentioned this last week, they need to get their speed guys more involved. They did a great job of that this week with Nelson Aguilar. Yeah. I think they need to get Aguilar and a guy like Kendrick Bourne. Should more we talk involved. about Kendrick Bourne again? Yes, please. <laughs> yes. Because I, have something I'd like I to think say. it's imperative for the offense. You have to keep your the, the opposing defense honest. And, you know, I, I think that <laughs> I, I'm not taking anything away from Jacoby Myers. He's his security blanket. Yeah. But I also – He's he needs so to get. I hope players. But no yak with him. There's no yak with him. No, no. there's not. Which he is what but he is. I, but I, I do he, hope he has players listening because they need to get the tight ends more involved. Oh yeah, I, and four, and four attempts. Ears will perk up when you say that. Hunter Henry's yeah. on a milk. Four attempts right is not enough. No, it's not. No, but let's dial in a little bit more, and then we'll move on to the defense. Derek, your thoughts on Kendrick Bourne? I hate that. I said this when I was on Steve's show yesterday. San Steve, which was disappointing, but it was still fun. Sorry really about fun. that. Um, and I, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I can't believe I'm going to say this, Russ. <laughs> Mike Felger made a really good point about this on oh. Monday. I hate it. I hate it too. I'm not. I'm not happy about it. But I, I think that there is a little bit 
to the point where Patricia is playing Parker over Kendrick Bourne because Matt Patricia was credited for making the Parker trade kind of happen. And I, I don't get it. I, I think par- I've watched Parker now enough. I'm not saying he's not a good player. I just think he needs to be more of a role player and, and used in certain situations on the, on the boundary in the red zone, like at, you know, third down at the sticks. I don't know how they want to do it. I don't understand why Kendrick Bourne is not on this team. I think that Aguilar and Bourne together with Jacoby Myers in the middle would give some more speed to this offense. It just, no, he's already saying this. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm in agreement. There's no, there's really no yards after catch coming with this offense. There's no creativity. So do you think this is personal? You think this has, I don't know. I don't know if it is, but it doesn't feel good because I saw what Kendrick Bourne did last year and I've seen what Parker did so far this year. And I'm just wondering what the coaching staff is seeing or if, if if there's something else going on. I mean, well, if, this is what is really going on, Derek. Shame on Matt Patricia for making something personal rather than doing what's best for the team. And I also know who's pulling. The, to be fair, though, too. So even though I thought that that was kind of an interesting point, and I could see how that would make sense, I also say if Bill wants Kendrick Bourne on the field, he's going to put Kendrick Bourne on the field. Yep. So it's like I know Patricia has some sway, but I, I don't know. I just okay. I don't really get the Kendrick Bourne thing. The whole thing has been an absolute mystery. All we talked about at the end of last year was how impressive Kendrick Bourne's season was, and then all of a sudden he opens his mouth on the offseason about how the Patriots' offense is changing. With Mike Reese, and it's been and it all changes. literally downhill since then. And it makes yeah. it's one of the weirdest storylines we've had in quite some time. Okay, good stuff. We spent a lot of time talking about the offense, but I do want to spend some time talking about the defense before we preview the upcoming game against the Ravens. Steve, I'll go to you first. You have already said to me that you thought the defense was impressive against uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, we could talk all you want about who was a quarterback, but they still had to get a job done here, and they did a nice job here. So talk about the play of the defense. Yeah, Um you know, when it comes to the running game, I thought they did a really good job on Najee Harris. Um, in you know, and and again, if you look at the big picture, the Steelers got 91 yards on the ground, which is good for the Patriots' defense, but not great. But 18 of those came on one run. It was an end around the Gunnar Olszewski. Yep. If you take that out of the equation. They they Steelers averaged three point three yards per rush, and right. I think that is showing your defensive line is winning the battle up front. I think the front seven's been good. Yeah, front seven I think has been outstanding. And I and love as you said at the outset. I think Dietrich Wise the first two games of the season has probably been their most impressive. He's gone to the team. next level. That's been kind of out of nowhere because again he's been as some would call just a guy, right? Well, now he's more than just a guy, at least well, so know, far. The fact that they made him a captain this year, I at first I kind of raised my eyebrows a little bit because I was I've never been overly impressed with Dietrich Wise. I think he's, he's flashed on you know occasions, mostly as a pass rusher. But I think this year, at least through the first two games, and again, it's very limited. But he's showing he's an all-around player right now. Well, can players improve, Steve? And this is an example, well, of maybe. And this is his sixth year. Yeah. And I think so far, this has been by far his, you know, total game looking at, you know, looking at his total game, setting the edge, you know, yep. defending the run, getting after the passer. I think he's passed all of those. Well, remember when and, Bill gave him that contract extension? We were all sitting there like, 
that's a lot of yeah. money for Dietrich so, Wise, and now know, and now he's really kind of developing into what whatever Bill saw and, into him. And yep. going back to our previous shows in the offseason, we were very concerned that they didn't address the defensive line in the draft. Yep. And but we were talking about that because that was an issue yeah. last year. But I think, you know, Devon Godchuk, who got hurt in this game, and we'll have to watch if he's, you know, uh, if he's going to be hurt out for a while. But him, uh, Dietrich Wise, I thought Christian Barmore has stepped up his game. Even He's getting double teamed a lot this year. So I think teams recognize, you know, how yeah. good he is. Lawrence guys, guys look good through the first two games. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think the, these guys have really stepped up. And I, and again, I look at this secondary and I was like, you know, again, it's only two games. We're not going as Bill Parcells is. We're not putting them all in Canton yet. No. But I think they've been a lot better than we gave them credit for. You look at the Miami game, they kept, you know, uh, for the most part, other than that one play, they kept Waddle and uh, Tyreek Hill yeah. in check. And, you know, the Steelers have two really impressive guys. They do. They kept them in check. And you Except for third Miami down. Did. My issue is, was on the oh, defense with third, third down. 17. Oh, my God. Yeah, that so and it, that comes from their philosophy of trying to keep things in front of them mm -hmm. and yeah. not give up the big play. And, you know, I think that's, again, it's a work in progress. They need to okay. get better on that. But I'm looking at the, the big picture. You know, you look at what Miami did to Baltimore on Sunday. And now that that game, uh, week one, you know, a lot of people were kind of poo-pooing that effort. Maybe th these guys are a little better in the total, you know, defensive concept than we were giving them credit for. Okay, very good. Derek, your thoughts on the defense, and then we'll transition to the Ravens. Um, I will say this. Uh, I think the defensive line has been very good. They've been doing a lot of rotating, too, which I think is good. It's it's always good when you, can, when you have enough players that you – you know, can trust to do that because uh, <clears throat> keeps everybody fresh, right? And I thought that the Mac Wilson kind of rising in the snaps with yeah. Raquan McMillan, you know, going a little bit down. I like the Mac Great Wilson. Great play by Mac Wilson. And, yeah, and his speed shows off, right? And I like the combination Thunder Lightning a little bit with him and Bentley. You know, when you when you have someone as fast as Wilson uh, next to someone like Bentley, you know, who has, you know, much, much different style player, bigger size, but slower, but, you know, plays the run, can hit the hole, and Mac Wilson can kind of fly around. I, I like the way they complement each other there. I still, I think the quarterback play has been good, but I think the safety play and the way the defensive line play has, has I, both of the safety and the defensive line play has been really good. So I think yeah. it's kind of covered up for the corners. But I think the corners are just kind of what they are. I'm, I, I don't think they've played bad. But I also think that they are vulnerable. And I think in certain games we'll see that. Uh, but I think to this point, they've played well enough. And I think it's a credit to the the defense kind of being better than the, you know, better than the some of their parts, or you know, however right. you want to phrase that. Um, right. you know, and I, I just like I just think they've been good through two games. Again, I I don't know that the the week one game, we won't be able to put it to full contacts until we get a better picture of how each team looks down the season, but it makes the defensive performance from week one look a lot better, even more, you know, even better than we, we thought it was, you know, when we, when you see what the dolphins did to the Ravens, this well, last we'll talk week. about so, them in just a second. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, uh, but honestly, defensively overall, I've been impressed. I'm like I said, I'm still worried a little bit about corner, 
but I like what we've seen so far from the other skill positions. And I really liked that we saw Jack Jones in the mix a little bit this yep. last week. And I'm hoping not, not that I want miles Bryant to fail. Um, obviously, I, you know, I, I think that I would like to see Marcus Jones get his turn on the returns. Um, you know, just get his feet wet a little bit. I know he's a rookie, but I still would like to see him do it because he was electric in college and I'd like to see him on the field. Okay. Good stuff. Great look back at this game. Okay, coming up next, we're going to preview the upcoming game. Home opener for the Patriots against the Ravens. Okay, Steve, I'm going to go to you first. Let's talk about the Ravens. And I want to ask you a question. A couple seasons ago, maybe three or four seasons ago, the Patriots went to Baltimore and basically got their asses kicked. Then a couple seasons later, it seemed like they figured out a little bit about how to play the quarterback here. They won the game. So what are your thoughts about the Patriots going into this game and your thoughts on the Ravens? Well, again, you know, when you look at Baltimore, <clears throat> from a defensive standpoint, you're facing their offense. I think the key to the game is you have to limit uh, Lamar Jackson getting out of the pocket or getting free to throw mm -hmm. the football because that's when all things really get bad for your defense. And that first game that you were mentioning against Baltimore, he ran wild on them. And yeah. then, you know, when he would uh, break out of containment, you know, the, the, the corners and the safeties are caught in no man's land and, you know, they gashed him bad. I thought that second matchup, I think it was in the pouring rain. Yes, it Gillette. was. And mm -hmm. they did a much better job on that. So the I Buffalo think Wild Wings windstorm. <laughs> Yeah. Well, no, but that I remember that game because it yeah. was like pouring rain and they did a much better job of containing Jackson in that okay. game and they were able to win. I think when you look at, at this Baltimore offense, it all stems through Jackson. Yeah. Because he makes plays with his arm and his feet. And not I'm not taking anything away from I think they have a great tight end. Um, yep, you know, Mark Andrews, Mark Andrews yep. and they have some really good wide receivers, but I think it all opens up with him. If he starts running wild on you and breaking containment, you know, you're, you're in for a long afternoon and their yep. offense actually uh, last Sunday lost in the fact that they melted down in the fourth quarter defensively. Jackson had a fantastic game. He did. You he know, did. that kind of got lost in the shuffle. Yeah, But, you know, Jackson was having a fantastic game when I was watching that uh, on replay. Listen, he's an electric player, Steve. Yeah, a, uh, he, it's he like, is. okay, you know, you have to bring your A game to this one. So, you know, and defensively, yeah, they I, have a lot They have a lot of guys banged up in their secondary, okay. and it, it definitely came home to roost in the fourth quarter. But okay. that's always a, a tough physical defense, much – like the Steelers yep. that we saw this week, but right now they're hurting on the back end. Okay. Derek, over to you. Give me your thoughts on the Ravens. Well, I, I think that it's going to be a really tough test for this Patriots team. I mean, start with the Patriots defense. I, I think that it's going to be really, really important that, you know, they keep Lamar in the pocket as much as possible. Now he's really come on as a passer, really progressed as a passer. Um, and Evan Lazar put out some really good numbers. I'm going to try to find them so I can share them. But if, <clears throat> when, uh, you know, Lamar has faced only one safety, single high safeties, um, you know, so far he's absolutely torched him. He's, he's been a little, he's defenses had more success when they haven't blitzed 
and when they've kept two safeties. And I think that comes back to something that we were talking about earlier, something that Belichick really is a big believer of, which is kind of keep everything in front of you. And I think that's going to be important back. this week. Yeah, everyone's if they're going to play zone, if they're going to play man, whatever it is, everyone's going to have to really be disciplined yep. in their roles this week, or I think you're going to be in for a long day. Um, and then on the flip side, I, I, I agree with, um, Steve saying that you know the Ravens are a little banged up in their secondary, and um, the offensive line is going to have to play well again for the Patriots, and the passing game is going to have to improve. The offense has to be better in this game than it's been the first two games, or you will you will lose. Okay, good stuff from the two of you. Okay, Mr. Havens, I'm going to start with you. Let's talk about the Patriots' offense versus the Ravens' defense in the running game. Who do you give the advantage to? <sighs> I am torn because part of me is a, I, I want to give the advantage to the Patriots. I really like how they finished off, you know, the drive there. Yeah. But I also respect the Ravens defense as well. I I'll give the Patriots a slight edge. Um, I think that I'm one. I see that. I know that that's kind of what they want to do and how they want to play. And I like the, I, I like how we saw some of that, kind of, you know, gap style power running. And I just thought they looked impressive doing it kind of, you know, towards the end of the game. So I'm going to give the Patriots a slight edge there. I I haven't really looked into the numbers too much because I think the sample size is so small uh, with only two games, but um, I want to see, I think the Patriots want to kind of keep that as kind of their staple and I'll give them the advantage. I like their backs. Okay. Good stuff. Steve, over to you. Which team has the advantage when the Patriots are on offense and the Ravens are on defense in the Passing game. I, you know, uh, as strange as it sounds, after the first two games, I'm going to give New England the advantage here wow. because because they're banged of up. all the injuries. I, you know, Marcus Peters is still coming back from the ACL. He did yeah. not look like himself on Sunday. You know, he's still – I don't even think he's close to 100%. Um, Marlon Humphrey was in and out because of – a nagging groin injury. I thought that limited him. You know, Kyle Fuller, who I think they just picked him up this year, and you know yes. he he got lost for the season with a torn ACL. And then Brandon Stevens, you know their other starter, he's had quad issues. Um, you know, and it's like all of these backups. You know, it, you can kind of cover up one backup at times. Teams will usually go after them but when you, you know at times when you're putting four backups in there that really puts your secondary in a bind you know and that's why i think this week for the running game to be successful it has to be pass first okay they have to get some quick passes going and stress those guys on in in the secondary and i think they'll have the advantage there be just because you know their secondary is nowhere near 100 percent. okay Normally, I would give the a huge advantage to Baltimore here, but okay, injuries but do play a role. They do, Steve. Okay, let's flip it. Who has the advantage when the Patriots are on defense and the Ravens are on offense in the passing game? Are you going to me with this? Yes, I'm going to. Use oh yeah, Baltimore, because you know Lamar Jackson is such a diverse player. I mean, because even if you you contain him in the pocket. He can still beat you with his arm. Yep. Earlier in his career, I would say that wasn't the the you know the um, the truth there. But I think he's progressed to the point where he can still beat you with his arm. 
And, you know, the fact that he can run is uh, just to add a dimension to that offense. I think it's going to take a total defensive effort to get the Patriots to win this matchup. Okay, very good. Mr. Ninkovich, over to you. <laughs> Which team has the advantage when the Patriots are on defense and the Ravens are on offense in the running game? I'm, I mean, the running game for the Ravens is really just one guy, Lamar Jackson. I mean, they're not getting anything from anybody else. And uh, I'm not sure if J.K. Dobbins is off the injury or not, but I know he's coming. If he's not, I know he's coming back soon. Maybe that will help. But uh, it's really just Lamar Jackson, and I, I, I'm not going to – I, I like what the Patriots front seven has done and looked like these first two games. I, I feel confident that Bill is going to try to put together a good game plan, but I can't not give the edge to Lamar. Just how impressive he is, the style of the style of uh, runner that he is, and all the creativity. It, he just stresses the defense in such so many tough ways. It's hard not to give him the edge here. Okay, very good. All right, Derek, right back to you. Three keys to victory. Give them to me. Three keys to victory. I mean, it's, let's start right where we just left off. I mean, it's all about Lamar. I mean, the, how the Patriots defend Lamar, you know, he's going to get his. I know that. But you can't let him dictate the entire game. If the Patriots can do a good enough job keeping him in the pocket and kind of, you know, not letting him just dictate the game with his legs, I think that's a good key. The second key for me, um, and I, it, it's some of it's in the same boat, but I think the team has to be extremely, extremely disciplined here in this game. I mean, all that on both sides of the ball, specifically the defense, and I know we just talked about the front seven, but really everywhere on the field because they do have Rashad Bateman is coming into his own as a receiver. Mark Andrews is one of the one of the best weapons in the league, especially in the red zone. That's going to be a key too. And you know, offensively, I, I think that you know you have to be careful with, 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 if you're the Patriots' offensive line against this Ravens front seven because they're extremely well coached as well. So I I just feel like discipline here is going to be a big one. And the last thing for me too is I think the Patriots offensively offensively need to elevate and we can t- we we've talked about this all all you know all show i just think that the offense needs to kind of elevate their game from what we've seen maybe they can take what they fit how they finished pittsburgh and build off that but they need to elevate and punch them uh you know get some kind of either kind of generate some big plays or punch it into the end zone however it needs to happen they need to put more points up on the board okay over to you, Steve. Give me your three keys to victory. We'll end with our predictions, but let's just do that separately. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to kind of parrot a lot of what Derek said. I think, you know, you have to contain Jackson in the pocket and, and gradually squeeze it down and, you know, staying disciplined there. And, you know, at least give yourself a puncher's chance of, you know, stopping that passing offense. And I, I think if you can contain him in the pocket, your chances obviously are much, much better than if he's running all over the place. So I think that's number one. Number two, and again, this kind of ties in what Derek said. I, I think this is going to be a big game for the safeties and the linebackers because containing Mark Andrews is a very big part of that offense. You know, um, when you, if you can contain him, especially in the red zone, yep. you know, Jackson loves finding him in the red zone. And, you know, he's a great receiving tight end, there's no doubt. So if you're new look faster linebackers and your safeties, who they have a, a slew of them, can, you know, kind of shut him down, it gives you another opportunity, you know, to make some stops and, you know, get the ball back in your hands. 
And the third key, you know, I, I already mentioned that that secondary is banged up. And I think you have to come out throwing and stress those guys, you know, get them reacting to you a little bit. And it will open up things for the running game. And, uh, and I think that uh, that's what they have to do in this game. I mean, they have to come out slinging it. You know, they have some injuries back there and, you know, get those speed guys. I want to see more Bourne. I want to see more Aguilar. Okay, great stuff. All right, we're going to end with our predictions. First to you, Mr. Balsheri. Okay, I drank the Patriots Kool-Aid in week one, and that kicked me in the butt. <laughs> I went against them in week two, and that kicked me in the butt because I thought the offense was going to struggle really badly. Okay. All right, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid again. Okay. I think they're going to pull out a really <laughs> close win, 24-23. Okay. Derek, it sounds like you're going to go in a different direction here. I was rooting for Steve to, to pick against them, so that maybe they'd win based on the first two weeks. Uh, <laughs> right, right uh, exactly. I'm, due for, I'm due for a win here. Yeah, yeah so. well, he's actually due. I think that there's a, I think that there's a possibility the Patriots get absolutely wiped off the field, um, like, you know, 20 points-ish. Um, I don't think it's going to happen, though, because I, I, I feel – I feel good about where the defense is. I'm sure there's going to be some plays. The problem with this game for me is I just haven't seen enough from the offense to have them to have a lot of confidence in them right now and against higher competition. Until I see it, I just don't see how I can see them winning this game. I think the Ravens win this game 27-17. Okay. So what's interesting about this, and I like that both of you went in a different direction on this, and I could see both of your points on this. I'm going back to this based on the defense and based on the progression of them learning knowledge on Lamar Jackson. And usually at this point is when a Patriots defense, after they played an opponent a couple of times and a quarterback like this, they can kind of figure it out. The Patriots defense is playing well. So I'm going to put this on the defense, but to Derek's point, if they can't score, it's, it could be what Derek is saying. They could get blown out because they right now have not shown the ability to score. So if this becomes a shootout, Derek's going to be right. And that would be a terrible. So we'll see. They could, that could happen, but I'm banking on the defense and I'm banking on them coming up with a good game plan to not stifle, but limit Lamar Jackson. I'm going 17, 14 Patriots. That's going to be my score. If it's low scoring, I like the Patriots odds more. It has to be, it has to be this or then, or Derek, you will end up being right. It's either going to be a blowout or they're going to win close. I don't yep. see them winning a blowout. I don't see them. I see the Ravens having more opportunities than not to blow the Patriots out. But I think with the way the Patriots are building their defense and the knowledge now that they have of what works and what doesn't work against Lamar Jackson, because he's the key to everything here. That's why I'm giving them a chance. And I'm going with them 17 to 14. So that's well, and it's going. still early in the season, but uh, you know, this is part of the reason they went faster and more athletic at linebacker because you know, in the past, it could show itself in this game, right? And this will be a good measuring stick for early in the season. I'm not saying you know, this is end all be all on Sunday, but um, you know, they, they are going to face a number of mobile quarterbacks namely Josh Allen twice. Yep. Um, this would be a good measuring stick to see where they're at so far, you know, because if they can step up and play a, a 
good defensive game against Baltimore. The, again, they have a puncher's chance. I really like them this week in a close game because, you know, with that banged up secondary, I think the Patriots have a chance to control the clock in this one and keep right. keep Jackson on the sideline. You know, right. the other thing, too, is if the Patriots can, you know, I just think this offense needs the extra opportunities. And, you know, in week one, they they squandered some away with some turnovers. And last week, they were able to capitalize on some. So they're going to need to have a couple of plays here from their defense. And if, if the Patriots defense can give them a little bit of juice with turnovers and give them some extra opportunities, I think Russ and, uh, you know, you guys at Scenario comes closer to fruition. But I do have something to share before we end the show, guys. Okay. Uh, the, the Patriots just traded Justin Haran to the – Las Vegas Raiders uh, for a pick in 2024 with Marcus Cannon on the practice squad. The, the Patriots are feeling some good depth there. And by trading him, Mike Reese points out that with Daniel uh, Ekulele, is it Ekulele? Ekwale. Daniel Ekwale, right? Yes. Yeah, that, that name is a tough one. When, with Daniel Ekwale coming off his two-game suspension, the Patriots needed to create a roster spot. So they move on from Haran, who definitely struggled uh, over the summer. Um, after building some early steam, and then uh, so they moved on from him for a pick. They got Marcus Cannon on the practice squad, which which happened last week, and um, you know now they have Daniel Quali's roster spot opened up. Okay, good That's stuff. Thank you for sharing that, Derek. It's a great way to end the show. Before we go, I also have to mention one last time: please do subscribe in Apple Podcasts. It helps Patriots fans find us. I'm also going to mention: please do subscribe to. The Pats fans uh, YouTube channel. We're going to be on there. We've actually been on there. We want to get Patriots fans on there. And uh, again, I watch a lot of videos on YouTube. It's a great way to watch us. And uh, I actually look better on YouTube than I do here. So check us (laughs) out, whatever that means. Okay. All right. Well, great show, guys. Well, we do have to wrap this up. For Steve Balistrieri and Derek Havens, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Patriots 4th and 2 the official podcast, PatsFans.com.